Hello again, and welcome back to College Football Road Trip with Tyler Delben. As part of the Blue Lake Drive Network, this is a premier podcast which contains all the insight and information you need on planning your college football road trip experience successfully. I'm Eddie Hawkswood, but I'm not the host. I'm just here to help pick the brain of the expert himself, Tyler Delben, the man who has gone to more than 50 different U.S. college football stadiums and has memories, insights, tricks, and know-hows about each and every visit. Today, we're heading down to the Lone Star State, and Tyler is going to help us figure out your college football road trip to see Texas A&M. Tyler, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. (laughs) A little Texas A&M marching band for us to kick things off. Good for you. Uh, I'm glad you're well, and it's good to have you back. How many times have you been down to see a game on the campus at Texas A&M? A couple times. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Both, both good experiences? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know we touched uh, on LSU and Michigan the last two times, and they, you know, I, I would put Texas A&M, if I had to name three, those are my top three, Texas A&M, LSU, Michigan. It's, it's one of my favorites without question. That's and awesome. Go anytime I can get to Texas. Very, very cool. That's very, very cool. Okay, so let's talk about getting there. Uh, located just north of Houston, I believe. College Central. Yeah, like a 90-minute drive, I think, north of Houston or so. So your recommendation to most people is fly into Houston, and from there, take the uh, you know the rental car or whatever it may be, head on up to College Station, which is where the campus is located, right? Okay, tell- it's a small town in the middle of nowhere. It's it's the, the university is the town. Yeah, it's like yeah. Cal Pastures after Cal Pastures, and then oh, the campus in a, a football stadium that holds one hundred two thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> it's Aggie Land. They call it Aggie Land. That's awesome. Uh, tell us uh, how how beautiful that campus is, brother. Uh, I mean, it's it's not as you know it's. It's nothing like an L, you know, LSU or Michigan. I mean, it's it's just a literally it's a campus in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but with that said, I mean, it's it's a, it's a phenomenal place to see a football game. Um, you know, I think it was a once all male school, uh, and it, you know, it's home to you know the the corps, uh, the cadets. So like, there's a lot of it, there's a military aspect to uh, A and M. So a lot of the people with the cadets are all in full military. It's it's a very unique setting, um, unlike many other places, and maybe that's why it's quite special. It's um, I mean, A and M is obviously rich in tradition and in history, and they won three national championships. They've pumped out a couple Heisman Trophy winners. So it. It's just the, the setting is just very unique, um, and maybe that's why it makes it so much you know special. Kyle Kyle Field is is great, and it's large. It's you know it's one hundred two thousand people, so it's it's you know it's going to get loud. Um, yeah, it's it's a great place. Okay, before we actually get into the stadium, tell us a bit about the tailgating. Does it go on? What time should you start? What do you got to hit? What do you got to see? Um. I mean, it, the tailgate is kind of spread out around campus. Um, you know, nothing like the LSU level. Um, you know, everything's just kind of surrounded by the campus. So it's, you just kind of, you know, if you're with a group of people, you just, you know, pick your spot. There's a lot of 
great corporate tailgate tents that happily invite you in. Really? Um, there's also, uh, you know, a neat bar district right across the street from the campus. And uh, there's a quite famous bar called the Dixie Chicken. And they claim <laughs> they, they've, they've served more beer per square foot than any bar in the United States. Um, and it, it, it's a fun place. I find it, the place is probably better to go after the game. Yeah. Uh, but it's a legendary bar. It's a, it's a great place to go regardless before or after the game. But I always tend to be on the campus before any football game just to, you know, soak up that atmosphere and the buzz. And, and uh, you know, A&M is no different than any other place, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, 100,000 people there. How easy is it to get tickets? If you don't have a ticket, it, can you just show up and, and chances are you can luck your way into one or what? Yeah, I mean, again, it's the buyer's market. I mean, it's the supply and demand, 100,000 tickets. There's going to be a lot of supply. Um, you know, outside seeing, you know, if, if A&M happens to be ranked number one and, and, you know, you have an SEC team coming in at number two, yeah, sure, you know, it's, the demand will be there. Uh, but, I mean, if you're just going to any, you know, look, I went to saw Mississippi State there and, you know, it easily got in for, you know, below face value so tickets are never an issue there or i have never experienced you know a problem getting tickets on game day and i always like the the hard ticket i don't i don't like doing stuff up and all that i don't like the digital form i i need that hard okay hard let's talk about that for a second before we get into the uh the actual a&m game uh just for our sec fans um you know, you, this is a podcast for people to plan their college football road trip. And it may come across to some of our listeners like, what are these guys talking about? You don't need tickets. Like, you obviously need tickets to get into the game. And for some of you that are, um, you know, uh, very good at planning or need to plan, go through the mainstream methods and, and get yourself tickets if you want. But if you if you have a little... Um, self-assurance and ability to, I don't know, sort of uh, take a bit of a gamble, you can show up to a lot of these schools, a lot of these campuses, much like Tyler does, and you can find yourself tickets. And this may not be for everybody. As Tyler just touched on, he doesn't like the digital ticket because he likes a, a hard copy of, of his stubs. And Tyler, would you, would you say you have all, if not most, most if not all, of your, your hard tickets over the years? Yeah, I have a, a box that's probably got a thousand stubs, not just college football, but NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I've been keeping them since I've been a kid. So I'm very fond of the, you know, the hard ticket. I'm not fond of the new digital era where everything's on your phone, but yeah. um, it looks like everything's turning that way. So maybe college football will be the last to join in. It seems like it has so far still gone traditionally hard tickets which to me is is always having that souvenir for years and years is you know it's great and we're going to do a a show some sometime down the road where tyler pulls out uh some of those thousand tickets that he has i mean he'll show us um really some of the amazing detail that uh ticket publishers go into and how beautiful they are how unique they are and uh and what tyler intends to do one day with all of those tickets but for now we'll turn our attention back to college station uh the campus is texas a&m today and the aggies uh are a fantastic place to see a college football game but tyler if i'm listening to this podcast so far you haven't told us exactly what it is that makes the viewing experience 
at the stadium that much better than 99.9% of the other football venues uh, in the U.S. So tell us w- what it is that's, that's so special about going to a game at a and I mean, they're home to the 12th man. Um, it's something that was coined, uh, you know, maybe 100 years ago. Um, there was uh, the football coach at the time um, realized that he – he was short of players or there, there was a chance of running short of players. If one of his key players got injured in the backfield, he had no other players to come in. So he pulled this guy from the stands who was a sophomore basketball player. Um, I think his name was uh, King Gill. They pulled him down from the stands and uh, he got dressed up and stood on the sidelines just in case if he was ever called upon. And he wasn't. But I guess that kind of that spirit has has lived on, and uh, today and since then, you know, the whole student body is now known as the twelfth man. They stand the entire game. In fact, it's more than just a student body. It's it's almost the entire stadium stands. So you almost have a hundred thousand people standing the entire game. Wow. Um, so it's it's the energy inside that with the twelfth man, and they get loud. You know, the team. They expect that 12th man as, as, you know, they need to hear the students yell. And uh, what they do, actually, the night before every home game, they do the midnight yell. So all the students go to the stadium, Kyle Field, at midnight the night before, and they practice yelling. That's all they do. Every chant they do, every uh, war chant they do, A&M song, they practice and practice um, and yell. They practice yelling so that... The next day when they go to the game, they're they're fully ready to yell. And, and it gets loud. I know LSU, I said, is probably the loudest stadium I've been to, but A&M is not far behind. It's right there. It gets yeah. really loud. And, and, and the band, the marching band, is probably the best band um, by far that I've, I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's it's a very cool place. Wow, did you, just, did you just throw shade at the Ohio State marching band? Oh, uh, they may be the word now. I <laughs> the controversy plagued Ohio State marching band. Uh, yeah, no, we'll touch on that in another time. But I didn't know that uh, AM had such a prestigious band in your eyes. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's like a military marching band, and they perform these like a complex maneuvers. And um, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you don't want to leave your seat at halftime, actually. That's the halftime's all about the, the marching band, and they put on a, Really cool show, but it's just the song, you know, the chants the A and M have and their hatred towards Texas. <laughs> you, get, uh, you get, you know, the Aggie War War hymn. You have a hundred thousand people just swaying, you know, singing, and it's just the sea of a hundred thousand people swaying back and forth. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's really wow, neat and unique. Um, That's impressive. That's very very cool. Uh, what is your favorite memory? of having gone to see a game at A&M? Uh, just the swaying back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my question, maybe I should have asked this. You said the students uh, practice yelling at midnight the night before. So yeah. if you are going down there to see a game and you're going to go to the game Saturday, should you go and watch the students the night before yelling? Like, is that something to see or is that just kind of a student thing and, you know, watch um, their... I haven't done it before. I've always been like the time I went, you know, I 
was, I think I was at a Houston Astros game on a Friday night. So I, I, I didn't go to campus Friday night. Um, I'm sure it's interesting, but I'm sure it's really just a student thing. Um, For just so you know, anybody out there with kids uh, would think that the idea of going to watch more kids yell is absolutely repulsive and disgusting and they want no part of it. <laughs> so I'm glad you said you had a good time without partaking in the yelling. Um, yeah, they've had a couple Heisman Trophy winners. They're nestled right in a very, very tough conference, but they seem to hold their now, own. They seem they to hold their own. And um, who did you see them play both times that you went? Uh, last time I saw was Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. um, and the time before was um, Louisiana Tech. Uh, I imagine there was a good bit of um, hate for the first game. Um, for the opponent. Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, the first time I, it was more of a double, like I had a chance to see a game at Texas, Texas Longhorns in Austin. Yeah. They, they kicked off at noon and A&M had a night game at eight o'clock. So it made sense to go uh, to those two games that weekend to, to hit both of them at the same time. So, um, you know, the first game wasn't, you know, I'd rather see a conference game always, like always. But um, when you hit both two, two games in one day, it kind of makes the day that much more special. But the last time I went and saw, you know, Mississippi State, I, I think as long as you're seeing a conference game, yeah, that, that's all the difference in the world, really. A close game. You want to go and see a good game. You don't want to see a game where A&M, you know, blasts. Blows them out 42 to 6. Yeah, you, you don't want to see that. You want to see a good game, you know, obviously place gets more energetic and electric when you know you're scoring in the last second to beat florida or someone right yeah so. exactly is there a place on campus you should go to uh, get a certain photograph is there an instagram picture you should take i know you always say inside the stadium the panoramic is good uh is there anything besides the cow pastures on the drive-in that uh would set AM's experience apart for the uh the instagram generation maybe the dixie chicken <laughs> They serve more beer. Is there any uh, specific kind of beer that uh, you recall them pouring? No, nah, I think I was just drinking local beer. But I tell you, their 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 hamburgers may be one of the best hamburgers I've ever had too. So, well, if there's cow pastures, stands to reason there's a lot of good to choose from. Um, what was it about the? Were they spicy? Were they seasoned well? Big, delicious. They were just, you know, they were perfect. Juicy. I was starring at the time too, so but <laughs> uh, yeah, Dixie, Dixie Chicken's a fun little spot. Definitely after game. I mean, I mean maybe even before. I'm sure they have all the games on TV if it's a night game. But um, I mean, the campus itself is, is great. I mean, after the game, the the cadet corps you know march off in you know military form away from the stadium out through campus. So that's that's kind of fun. And there's kind of a big fountain in the middle of campus that they've finish their march there and they all kind of jump in it and horse around but it's 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 a cool place it definitely is very unique it's i think it's unlike any other mainly because of the military corps and and all the weird chants they do and the kissing of the you every time they score a touchdown you're supposed to kiss your date so so bring a date bring, bring a date or larry sitting beside you could make things very uncomfortable right Sorry, we have a we had a shade bit of tech trouble We're there. But we'll, 
still got me, bud? Yeah, I hear you. All right, fantastic. Sorry, we had a bit of technical trouble. You were talking to me about uh, having to kiss some guy from Oklahoma named Larry, but we'll save that story for another podcast. Sound good? Yeah, or not, you know. <laughs> All right, anything else about Texas A&M that uh, you should tell us? Because you've mentioned, and we're recapping for our listener here, Houston's probably the best hub to travel into if you're flying. If you're not and you're driving, it's about 90 minutes north of Houston. If you think it's just cow pasture after cow pasture, don't worry, keep going, you'll find it. And, uh, you know, unlike things such as um, Michigan being an almost underground stadium in certain regards or LSU being uh, in the bayou where there's heat and humidity at nighttime, your stance is that Texas A&M is ultra special because of the energy created by the military corps, the, the unique and special uh, war cries and, and chants and uh, things that they yell. And uh, much like so many of these other ones that we're covering off the top, it's steeped in over a hundred years of football tradition, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've been around for a hundred years. I mean, they've been they switched conferences maybe, you know, 10 years ago. So they switch over to the SEC and, you know, now you're getting, you know, I think the SEC is a better conference. So you're getting better opponents in, but they're holding their own. They've, you know, they seem to fit well. What you do lose is the, they had such a rich uh, rivalry with Texas. That's, that's gone. They don't see, they don't play each other anymore, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, that was the also, you know, do you remember the big uh, bonfire accident that killed 17 people? No. Have, uh, the night, the, the weekend of the Texas, Texas A&M game, they have these, it used to be called the world's largest bonfire. And uh, they take these 40 foot log trees and just stack them up. And it's this massive bonfire. And I think in 1999, it collapsed as they were building it. And it oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's gone away. I think they've kind of started doing a smaller version of it. But um, just, you know, just the fact that they've lost that uh, traditional rivalry against Texas is a little disappointing because that those two places really hate each other. And if you listen to the Aggie war hymn, it's all about hating University of Texas anyway. Like, <laughs> it's all about dissing Texas. So it's sad that rivalry has gone, but yeah. um, whatever. It's a... Uh before we wrap up, maybe we want to touch on this for a second. Um, as we've noted, Michigan has had three different Heisman Trophy winners, Texas A&M, they've had a couple. And some people may say to themselves, well, they've been around 100 years. They only have two Heisman Trophy winners. Michigan's been around over 100 years. They only have three. Maybe frame it up for everybody and let them know how difficult it is to actually win a Heisman Trophy when you take a look at the enormity of the of the league, when you look at um, just how you have such a short period of time for such a young man to win a trophy like that. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... You never know where they're going to come from. I mean, it, it, A&M's kid, like Johnny Menzel was a freshman. Yeah, the um, first freshman ever. Right, yeah, first freshman ever, and he came in and he, he lit it up. I don't know if you watched a lot of those games, but he was phenomenal. Like, he was just so amazing to watch. And, um, of course, you know, since it's been a little different. But, uh, yeah. yeah. In the history, of, there's only been one two-time Heisman Trophy winner. 
if I'm not correct, if I'm correct, in the early 70s, Ohio State. Yeah, Archie Griffith. That's right. So uh, people listening may, may think themselves, well, I mean, these great programs, only a few national championships, only a, a couple trophy winners. But there are so many different schools with yeah. uh, so many different athletes. And, you know, one bad break, one bad brown bounce. Uh, and so really, I think it actually makes it all the more special when somebody does win a Heisman Trophy or when somebody or when a, a school does capture a national championship, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you can do both in the same year, that's even better. <laughs> 1997. Uh, okay. With uh, with that, we'll we'll let uh, Tyler go. But as always, we want to know where his his mind is headed next. Which which campus would you like to take our listeners through next, Mister Delben? Um, let's again stay in the SEC. Maybe okay. head over to Knoxville. You want to head over to Knoxville, Tennessee, huh? Yeah, let's do Tennessee Rocky Top. Another fantastic place. Pulls over a hundred thousand. Cool looking end zones. Checkered end zones. Yeah. It, Tennessee, Rocky Top. Let's. All right. Then the volunteer state is what we're going to check out next. That's fantastic. Right. We look forward to it. As always, I want to thank you, Tyler Delben, for your expertise and time. I want to thank my audio engineer, uh, DJ Frank Frenzy, for making us uh, look and sound so good like he does each and every week. BlueLakeDrive.com is the website where you can get this and all other podcast needs. We'll be back next time with another episode of College Football Road Trip with Tyler Delben. I'm Eddie Hawksman thanking you, and take care.